BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, I'm Molly Sims. And I'm Amisha Gormley. We're two girls obsessed with one thing, beauty. beauty. And by that, we mean everything that makes you look and feel beautiful. We're calling on our favorite health experts, industry insiders, and friends to answer all your beauty questions. With a drink in hand. Definitely with a drink in hand. <laughs> You're listening to Lipstick on the Rim with Molly Sims. Hi, Miss Molly. <laughs> We're going to have such a fun day because you know what, guys? Okay, let's just, I'm going to give it to you. I am really, really, really good at saving my money. Emisha is not. Is not. <laughs> Today, we have a great guest on. I, you know, to lead into this, I just want you guys to know that I'm really, really good at saving my money. Emisha is not. I love Emisha because she's not great at saving money because the reason why I love her so much is because now I get to know for the past like 15, 17 years, what all the things that we shouldn't be spending money on. So she not only is my best friend, but she she clues me on, on what to spend money on. But she's going to tell a quick story about when she didn't have any money, but she spent all her money, but she couldn't pay rent. So she started selling her handbags, which was smart. You you actually turned it into a business. I made a lot of money and I still actually sold a bunch of stuff recently. Like when I went to Paris on a girl's trip last fall, I was like, you know what? I got a lot of stuff I don't need. And I made like $10,000. I'm always like, Emma, sure. how much money do you have? <laughs> I'm like, we don't talk about it. Mike likes to say that my money is my money and his money is our money. <laughs> I like that too. Um, today, we have a very special, we're going to change this, right? We're talking to one of my very good friends, Jesse Draper. We're going to be talking about how to be a badass CEO of your own money. I wrote that. Did you know that? I love it. How to save, invest, and make money with your own money. I mean, I have to say, you know a lot about this. You know what? I have to say that I came from a really good background where my parents talked about money. We had money. We didn't have money. We had money again. We didn't have money. I have a very good relationship with money. We're going to talk a little bit later about why you should stop saving your money and spend it strategically. Jesse is a fourth generation 
venture capitalist. She's a badass in every way. You're a mother of three. She literally just had the baby at Cedars, like across the street, like a couple of weeks ago. But yet she is sitting in front of us. And I really appreciate that so much because it's not easy. She has Phoenix four, Strider three, and Maverick. He's like, yeah, so five, he's still in the hospital. Three and Maverick's basically <laughs> still in the hospital. Yeah, seven weeks. But you are like, I want to take it back, but she created Halogen Ventures in what year? 2015. And explain what that is. So I run Halogen Ventures. So we invest in early stage female founded consumer technologies. So there has to be a woman in the founding team. So you you kindly mentioned and introduced me saying I was a fourth generation investor. And it's so funny because I don't even identify that way because I didn't feel like I could her go granddad, into her dad, her dad and her dad, her dad's brothers, her dad's <laughs> uncle. Like she comes from like this badass financial family. But what I love about it, you're the girl. You're the the girl. And I didn't think I took me, you know, everyone's path is convoluted, but it really took me a minute to realize that's what I love and that's what I wanted to do. And so I was an entrepreneur before that and an actress before that. And then I started this because I realized, wow, I don't think I can go into venture capital, even though it's all I knew. Uh, I'd grown up working at startups and making investments. Like I'd been referring deals to my family for years, such as Paperless Post and many other companies you've heard of. And then I was like, wait, why am I just sending everyone else? Because I used to be a talk show host. Um, I'm like, why am I sending everyone else? She is an ultimate connector these great deals. And then I started just investing whatever tiny, tiny bits of capital I had. uh, And some of those deals did really well for me. And so we're now investors in companies. I brought you some tea drops today, um, but Carbon 38, uh, International Athleisure Marketplace that's partially owned by Foot Locker now, you know, Third Love. I'm trying to think of like who your listeners would know. Quite a few beauty companies all the way to transportation. Well, I love what you said. Growing up, I didn't see any women in technology or female CEOs around me. And that's why you created Halogen. Yeah. And I love more than any anything in this world. You said investing in women isn't a fucking charity. Explain that. <laughs> I love that. Um, I, I love ended that. up. I wrote this article almost out of frustration about a year ago, and it was it went viral. People. It got about a million impressions, and it blew up. And I really hadn't written anything like that for years, and it kind of surprised me. And I think it's because it hit such a pain point for so many women. So as a woman who runs a female focused fund. I go and I pitch these investors, high net worth uh, investors, pension funds, et cetera, Molly Sims, who is one of our very valued investors. And um, by the way, when I met you, they're like, you've got to meet Jesse Draper. You've got to meet Jesse Draper. Like, because I do, I love, I love business. I love the side of business. I love, I I, I don't actually have a problem talking about money. I'm like, well, how did you do this? How did you get that? How did you, but I, what I loved about Jesse was that, you said to me, and you're quoted in saying, a female-led businesses represent a massive opportunity with women making up 80% of the household purchasing decisions. We are betting on early stage female-founded companies with billion-dollar potential. And she goes, I invest in a woman because I'm a woman, and I know that I make pretty much 80% of the decisions for my family. So why wouldn't we be investing in women, Right. Totally. Why wouldn't we be investing in women if we're making all the household purchases and really managing the majority of that consumer capital? And so like as a female fund manager, you know, I was going out pitching all of these investors and you do, you know, unfortunately, it's not, you know, 
equal and men control the majority of the capital, as we all know. Um, and that's because men pass the pocketbooks down from generation to generation. And as you were saying before, women don't talk about capital. We're actually taught something so much worse. We're taught to give away money. Um, we're taught to give away money before we learn how to manage it and grow it. And so, you know, there is a place for nonprofits. I know we've all given as much as we possibly can this past year, mm -hmm. and we need nonprofits. Uh, they solve a lot of problems. But why aren't we investing in the for-profit opportunities that is this trillion-dollar opportunity of female-led businesses, you know, just women at the helm? I was very frustrated pitching my fund around because they look at investing in women as charity, a lot of these investors. And we're just going to give her a little bit of money. But look, I mean, yeah. look at the money that you raise and look at what you've done with it in the past three years. Yeah. It's insane. And we're growing it and we, you know, we invest in these companies and we own a little piece. And then we, you know, hope that we've picked a couple billion dollar businesses and return our fund many times over. And our founders are incredible and nothing proved that more to me than during COVID and watching them just pivot, navigate and yeah, pivot. And I called them all. I did this sort of like round table of as many founders as I could fit on a Zoom call, which at that time was about 50. And I just had everybody go around and I said, here's what we recommend for all of you to do during this time. And they were all so ahead because there's nothing like a woman with 10 backup plans. If nothing else, we are so prepared. <laughs> we are so prepared. I have a backup plan for a backup plan for a backup plan. <laughs> what advice would you give listeners in regards to their own personal finances? You've got a woman. She's out of college. She's starting to get a paycheck. I know your first advice would be, it's okay to talk about money. It's okay to ask for a raise. It's okay to say, I'm a badass and I'm worth it. You know, a lot of employers, they won't tell their employees because they're afraid. Like, I'm the opposite. I'm like, I mean, I know I get sometimes mad at my team, but like, I always tell them like, you guys are fucking amazing. You make me better. You're smarter than me. You make me, you make me be able to do the 900 things I just come up with because I have no boundaries, but you let me be me and you, you make me smarter. And I think a lot of women, especially when they have other women working for them is really back your employees. Tell them how great they are. But if they don't, you've got to do it. You have got to be your best voice. So true. And I have, I mean, I have so many pieces of advice. And of course, there's the, you know, save your money. Um, but I would say, put it to work. You know, women are so afraid of risk. We, I can say that because I'm female and we are so afraid of risk, but that makes you a better investor than your significant other. That's a secret. <laughs> just to all the women out there, that means you are a better investor because you take many more risks into account. So you are thinking about all the possible things that could go wrong, but what we could learn from our significant others and just the men in the world that we work with, brothers, fathers, et cetera, is that like that gambling mentality. Like they just, they just like throw a check in and they're like, oh, I'll see what happens, you know? And we need a little more of that because I think it's really important to, that you're putting your money to work. You're taking risk with your capital. Molly's really good at this. She takes risk with her capital. She's always trying to learn. She's asking me about Bitcoin. No, literally my my first, everyone, I, I started to make a little bit of money and I was in my late 20s and everyone was, you know, I was a model. Everyone was buying clothes, wearing, I mean, you what you did, you made money, you bought clothes. 
And I was like, I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm just, I don't know. I, I, and so I, I bought a house in New York and I had to come up with a down payment of $60,000. And I was close. I had like 50 something thousand, but I had to have the $60,000. And, and I did it and I stressed about it, but I found a way and I did it. I held on to that house in the Hamptons, which Emisha went to and we had a fucking good time. God, great time. We had great, <laughs> Wish we had I was some, there, guys. We had some great times. But I had it for what, 13 years? At least. My $60,000 made me probably a million two plus. It's amazing. It's amazing. And this is the And best by the way, lesson. memories that I... I, you know, and, and, and listen, and some years I could only go for two weeks and I would rent it. I found a family who actually ended up buying it and I would put the property back to work. I rented it to them and then I would come and I would be able to spend four weeks. And then once I had my family, I'm like, wait a second, you know, this is, but, um, I put money into it. I did it very simple, traditional, not on trend, just timeless and that was one of my best purchases. And that's exactly... It was also on MTV Cribs, by the way. It was also Ooh, on MTV Cribs. Nice. It was amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Experience all the benefits of an infrared sauna from the comfort of your own home. Higher Dose's portable sauna blanket makes it easy to get hot and high from anywhere. You just lay down inside the blanket, turn up the heat, and sweat it out. You will burn 600 calories in just one sweat session. So it's like working out without having to work out. Infrared therapy supports glowing skin, deeper sleep, and a balanced mood. And as your core temperature heats up, your brain actually releases a dose of happy chemicals, leaving you feeling euphoric after your sweat session. The blanket's deeply penetrating heat instantly boosts blood flow, flooding your body with inviolable benefits like radiant and youthful skin, higher energy, boosted mood, and decreased bloat. This sauna blanket is an amazing and affordable addition to any self-care routine. No need to go to the spa when you can do it from home anytime you want. For those of you who want the experience, the benefits of infrared without the sweat, they also have a really cool infrared mat that recharges your cells to help you feel relaxed, grounded, and rejuvenated. This game-changing mat combines the powerful technology of heated infrared with PIMP plus 20 pounds of healing crystals like amethyst and tourmaline for relaxing, restorative experience that you feel within minutes. Get your own infrared sauna blanket or infrared PIMP mat today at higherdose.com. You can use promo code LIPSTICK75 at checkout to save $75. Trust me, guys, you are not going to want to miss this. You can do this anywhere, anytime, and you really get a crazy great sweat and detox. That's HigherDose.com, promo code LIPSTICK75, or just go to HigherDose.com slash LIPSTICK to get $75 off today. I'm Michelle Kwan. In 1996, the world was in the midst of a massive cultural movement that saw women finally taking center stage. Nowhere was this shift more apparent than at the 1996 Summer Olympics in Atlanta. This audience was the loudest thing I have ever heard in my life. The noise, everybody's cheering, and we see all these USA flags. It was the most important summer in women's sports history, and team after team after team, the U.S. women kept winning. Basketball, soccer, softball, gymnastics. I just said, give me mine, like, give me mine. Join me for Dear Media's Summer of Gold, presented by Together. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.
But I actually have a question because oh, yeah. I think that that's like a very important point that you guys bring up. And I think that, you know, most women, um, you know, I grew up in a household where my father was very diligent. Like he, you know, never been, missed a bill payment, never had debt. He was always very good with his money. My mom kind of just like, not that he put her on an allowance, but he was just like, he was the guy that took care of the money. And I kind of grew up with that mentality. And that's probably why I just never had any sense of any money. But how do women change that? Like, how do women feel more empowered with money? Like, what are your tips for for women to feel like they can take control of things? Because not, I don't know a lot of Mollies when it comes to finances. Like most of the women I know, especially, you know, I live in the suburbs now. So a lot of the, the moms I know or women I know are moms. And so motherhood is a job for a lot of them. And it is a job. They don't have nannies. They raise their kids. They have, you know, two, three, four kids. And that's what they're doing. So what, what is your advice to women? Like how can they, A, be more involved, feel more involved, or B, like to make sort of decisions when it comes to finances and feel more empowered? Well, if you're talking about these women who are in a marriage and, you know, running the home, which is definitely a job, it's the hardest job, you know, just realize half of everything is yours. And so you should be in on every single financial decision. Can you say that one more time for the listeners <laughs> out there? Half of everything is yours in your home. So you should be meeting with the financial advisor anytime your husband is buying new stocks or if he's saying, oh yeah, I bought some Netflix. You should be like, wait, wait, wait. we didn't talk about this. What do you mean you bought some Netflix? We should be talking about this. I want to know what you're buying and I may want to buy some shares as well. And I think the more you talk about it, the more you learn. Like I definitely have those friends about, you know, obviously pre-COVID, I sat down with a bunch of my girlfriends from college. And I think, you know, I'm just like, you know, everyone has a role in their friend group and I'm the one who's sort of like... You're the smart friend. No, not at all. They're <laughs> you're, all you're very the, you're smart. You're the, you're the fucking smart they're friend. They're all very smart, but I'm the annoying one who's like, you guys are setting yourself up for the future, right? Like just checking, you know, just making sure you guys are investing in the stock market. And I said something like that. I said, you know, hey, I just wanted to make sure you guys are invested in the stock market. And it was like I sucked the life out of that room. I mean, they all just shut down and felt so uncomfortable. And I'm used to this now because I realize I talked to so many women. I realize women are afraid to not know. They're afraid to not be not feel smart in the room. But how are you going to feel smart if you don't take the risk, talk about money, learn what other people are doing? And let me tell you, the dudes have no effing clue. Like, they really don't, you know? And they're throwing their checks into this and that. I mean, you look at this WeWork story and, you know, there was that was not profitable. That company just, like, imploded. And I just think about how they just kept raising and raising and raising. And uh, yes, it's like, I, I guess, a success story in some ways, but it's also, you know, they weren't profitable. Women are more profitable. So I'm telling you, all of the qualities you embody just being female make you a better investor and we just need to take more risk. So I'd say to them, take more risk. Talk about Talk money. about how much money do you have? Which checking accounts? Did you sign a prenup? And if you did sign a prenup, like, I mean, Jesse can talk also about that. But when, especially when you're going into a partnership, I don't care if you're going into a marriage, you have to talk about money. You have to talk about it. What am I bringing into this relationship? What are you bringing into this relationship? Where do you see our money? Where is it growing? What is it doing? What I'm saying is that, you know, being on the same page with your partner is really, really important. It's okay to say, 
I I want my own checking account. Yeah. I want to have, pro- I want, like there's nothing worse than someone said to me the other day, they've been married 25 plus years. She was like, I've always had my own checking account. I, I, I'm not privy to the community account. I go, what? What do you mean you're not privy to the community account? When I say a community account, I mean a joint account with your partner. And she's like, no, I've never, he, he doesn't, he think he doesn't like me to be involved in that. And I thought to myself, that is so fucking wrong. And on so many there's levels, there's so many issues. And with now that. they're separating. Yeah, there you go. And you don't really know. She doesn't really know how much, where it is. Oh, it just, that's heartbreaking. And I can't tell you how many times I hear that story. I know. And you need, yeah, you should know how much you're saving for college for your kids. You should know, you know, what you're putting away. You should know there's this thing you can gift to the next generation. And you should know about all those decisions. And, you know, your husband shouldn't just be like investing in whatever he feels in the moment. Like he could be blowing all of your money and you don't even know. Mm -hmm. Also, I think it's just like, I do think there's something to be said about having separate accounts so that no one's like, you know, I'm married to an accountant, so I'm very sensitive <laughs> to this because he, when we first got married, he's like, what'd you buy on Amazon? What'd you do this? Like, I'm like, this is too much. You can oh, check you in with like, me you once You sound like Mike Gormley. You, <laughs> you, I mean, my husband had credit card alerts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> credit card alerts. Oh, we really, this is really a thing. This is a whole thing. Yeah. So he's an accountant. So he was constantly just grilling me. So I do think you know, you don't want to get in fights about it every single day. So you do need a separate account, figure out the cash you can blow. And that's the sort of like everyone has a different, you know, idea about the 30, 30, 30, save 30, you know, use 30 for your, uh, and there's different ways to break this down 30% for your rent and just like the things you have to pay for. And then, you know, take 20 to 30 and blow it or that's that's a little too much but 30 percent and invest it do whatever you want with it 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 every month and those are things that you should talk to your husband about you should know exactly what he's purchasing and especially if you're investing for your future you're part of that future i'd hope but i think people don't always feel that they're part of that does that make sense they're like well it's he's making the money it's his money that is just not true that is the biggest effing myth out there it's your money it's half of I'm taking all your money, Scott. No. (laughs) No, I have to say, I don't know if you feel comfortable with me sharing this, but the cool thing about you guys is you invest together. We do invest together. But they each have their own money, but they invest together. Mm -hmm. So it's like they're always making decisions together, but they each came into the marriage with. And we talk about it. I mean, and sometimes we think, okay, should we try to do this? And he'll be like, okay, let me, let me have a few conversations with people. And he will come back to me. I love this about him. And he was like, they kind of broke it down in this way. They feel like this emerging is going to be a new emerging market. Like sometimes I'm like, <laughs> I shake my head like, okay, that sounds amazing. <laughs> I know what the fuck clear they're talking about. But I I get there and, but I'm like, Jesse, I ask a lot of questions. And I think that's the one thing. Don't be afraid to ask a questions. I remember when I was first making money as a model and I wanted to get like a credit card. I had a, at American Express that my dad had helped me get. And then, oh, you can get... off your first purchase at Neiman Marcus. So I got the Neiman Marcus credit card. And then I got the the 5% off at Visa from Barney's. You know, I would, and then finally my accountant was like, you have two credit cards. This is all. And explain that, explain the interest 
alone. Oh, it's such a scam. You it's should such just, a anytime scam. you're signing up for a, a credit yeah. card at a department store or like, you know, where was, I was at Gap or something with my kids the other day. And um, they're like, would you like to sign up for a, a card? And now they're becoming privy to it because they're like, this is a discount card. It's not a credit card. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I just, I don't want any of it because I fell for that yeah. exact same thing. Of when course. I was in college, I signed up for the Express like credit card thing and they take a percentage. Even if you're not spending money, you're you're basically paying them a percentage every month or you're paying like, you know, I think for the Express card I had signed up for, I was like paying 15 or $20 a month, even if I didn't spend anything. Mm-hmm. So you should just yeah. look at those as a scam. I can't tell you how how many arguments I've gotten in with like the department store cashier and I feel horrible about it. I'm like, is this a day I'm going to talk to them about how I, how this is actually a scam or is this not a day? Now I kind of like shut my mouth and walk away. But they're, <laughs> you know, just know that if it, they say it's a credit card, you're paying for another credit card. They are taking interest. The store is making money. This store is looking for every which way to make money. And it's actually a brilliant business model on it's their It's a brilliant end. business model. <laughs> but it's brilliant. not totally. it's not good for you. But you know who I hate more than anything right now because they make me spend more money is PayPal. They make it too fucking easy. Oh, to spend because uh, they take a percentage. But- PayPal, I know. And I fall for it every day. Zara got me. PayPal did on up. So funny. PayPal. I I mean, Venmo is starting to do more of that, too, which is why you have to do the like friends. This is a transfer between friends. I think Apple Pay is the easy thing for me. Yeah, Apple Pay. Apple Pay is great, but they all have a different, you know, they all have to make money, too. So I always am like looking at it from the business perspective (laughs) because I'm like, I'm an investor and I'm like, well, that's a good business model. Like they're charging a percentage because at a certain point as an investor, you're looking at the company being like, how are they making money? Um, And so they do have to take a chunk of every transaction. But you do have to be careful with those because as they get bigger or if they're for business expenses, I mean, I'm curious what's going to happen with Venmo because everyone sends so much cash through Venmo. And I feel like at some point someone's going to come. I mean, I pay my, you know, dog walker, our kid's swim Mm -hmm. teacher. I pay everybody through Venmo. And at some point they're going to come kind of like, yeah, taxes Taxes. is going to kind of get them. I think it already is. Okay, you guys, we're going to take a quick, quick break. Now, you guys have heard me talk about this company before because I'm extremely obsessed if you're new here. So just make sure and listen up. I went plant-based earlier this year because I may have gotten a bit of mercury poisoning from eating too much fish and tuna. Yes, it's true. I did. So I was introduced to Sakara, a nutrition company that focuses on overall wellness, starting with what you eat. And it's not your average nutrition company where the veggie burgers taste like cardboard. With Sakari, you get nutritious meals that nourish your body without sacrificing taste. Their meals are beyond delicious and always come with variety, which is so, so important. Along with delicious plant-rich meals, Sakara also offers daily wellness essentials like supplements and herbal teas to support your nutrition. Experience their best-selling Metabolism Super Powder and Metabolism Super Bar to control sugar cravings, reduce bloating, boost energy, and reduce fatigue. I mean, who doesn't want that? Right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash lipstick or enter code lipstick at checkout. That's Sakara, S-A-K-A-R-A.com slash lipstick to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash lipstick. I have a question because, again, you know, Molly is, again, much better about money and investing and everything. So, like, give me 
you know, the investing for dummies 101. So say I am Emma Shigormley and I'm going to take, you know, a paycheck of mine and go, I am going to take this entire paycheck and I want to buy stocks. What would be like the three things to look for? What would I do? How would I do it? If I were to to buy a stock, have a sum of money, whatever it is, say, you know, Mm $10,000 or $5,000 or $1,000, whatever it is. And I'm just going to go and I'm going to take that money and invest it for the first time in my life. What would that look like? So I'm going to tell you a story about when I was a little kid. And I'm so grateful to my dad because he was like, how do I explain? I was was about 12. And he was sort of thinking, how do I explain business to my daughter? And um, he said, what are you into right now? And I said, you know, like any 10, 12-year-old girl, I was like, Barbie, like back then, Barbie. He's like, okay, Mattel owns Barbie. So we're not going to buy you a Barbie. We're going to buy you a share of Mattel. And granted, they're not doing as well now, but I still have that share framed on my wall in my office because it reminds me like that's, that's how people should invest. And especially women, you can one, make a significant change by investing your dollars into things that you believe in and you use all the time and you are a consumer of. Um, And so realize that your money actually like can move the market. It can, you know, help the brands you love and, you know, the people behind the brands you love. And so, you know, a good example is Starbucks. Like you buy Starbucks every day. Why wouldn't you buy a Starbucks as a stock, you know? And if you don't know what a public, like I think what we should go through is like there's public investing and there's private market investing. Will you explain the difference? Yeah. And I run a venture fund. So we're in the private market, meaning we're before everybody can buy a share. We own a percentage of many companies uh, while they're in the private market. Once they enter the public market, that's when you hear about an IPO or an initial public offering. You hear about NASDAQ and all of the uh, New York Stock Exchange, et cetera. And you can go buy shares of publicly traded companies. I think where people get concerned and a lot of women I talk to is they're like, well, I don't know what what stocks to buy. So you need to figure out what your risk appetite is and how much you have to spend. But what I would say is, okay, Starbucks is a publicly traded stock. Amazon is a publicly traded stock. So in the beginning of COVID, I was like, I'm going to think about the stock market right now. Like, what should I be changing? And I had a conversation with what my husband. What are you husband. starting to use? I said Zoom. I'm like, why didn't Zoom. I do Zoom? So we bought Zoom. We yeah. bought Amazon. And we bought we bought Starbucks once we started seeing people were still going to Starbucks. And I was like, wow, people still go out to get their coffee. You know what I did? This is crazy. I did something fun. When Disney plummeted. Oh, yes. How about Disney? And so that is a really great lesson because you want to buy low, sell high, obviously. But when I was thinking, oh, in the beginning of COVID, like people are going to use Amazon more because people aren't leaving their houses. I bought and it's, you know, it's tripled or something since I bought my shares of Amazon. So I think it's important to think. And even though if you look at Amazon, you're like, I'm not going to buy that at how many thousands of dollars of share. But it's the need. Yeah. And you don't have to buy the whole. I think people always think you have to buy the whole share. Like you can just say, I want to put 50 bucks in Amazon and yeah. You can do that. I think people get concerned about that with Bitcoin, et cetera, too, and cryptocurrency because, you know what, your buy low, sell high is is such a good lesson. Just that, that's what you well, want to do. Re- I just know that Disney will come back. Yeah, and Their it is. Their platform yeah. is coming great. back. Their cruises will come back. Their parks will come back. That That is going to not only be 
a want, but a need. Totally. And I'm like, we're doing it. You know, I'm a big proponent of uh, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. You scare me. I know I scare her. But, you know, I bought it around 7,000. I bought a whole bunch more when it was around 7,000. And it's similar explain, to a share. Okay, explain to our listeners what a Bitcoin, what is cryptocurrency, first of all. Okay, so here's the easiest way that like when my my dad and my brothers and I talk about it, the easiest way to explain it is, it is what email did for the internet in financial form. So this is a new digital currency. It's easier to send. You can send it internationally. Easier to track. It's easier to track. So everyone's like, you know, you hear these you hear these sort of rumors that, um, oh, but people are buying drugs on it. That was a long time ago. And now it's the stupidest thing you could do is buy drugs on it because they know exactly where it started and exactly where it ends. And um, it's it's much more traceable and it's fantastic. And so I'm obviously a big believer. There are many of these cryptocurrencies. Bitcoin's the most popular. Ethereum's the second most popular. But around 7,000, I remember talking to my friends, the same friend group that I'm the annoying friend to like we're having dinner and I'm like, so let's talk about crypto cryptocurrency. And I brought it up to them. Then recently, it's gone kind of up and down recently, but a couple of months ago, Bitcoin hit 55,000. And that's when literally every friend in the world was texting me like, (laughs) should I buy Bitcoin? Should I buy Bitcoin? And I'm like, no, No. (laughs) this is the highest it's ever been. Like, why weren't you you listening to me back then? Like, why weren't you listening to me when I was telling you at seven? Yeah. And I was like, this is kind of a cool thing. It's going to like change how we transact. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And then that's when I started saying, if you really want to like dig into something, get some Ethereum because it's much more affordable. There's much more of it. And then that Ethereum's on its way up now too, because I think people are, you know, they announced actually yesterday, El Salvador. Now this is going to become a national currency of El Salvador. Bitcoin. Is really? In, yes. They announced it yesterday. Um, so I think things are are changing. Mm -hmm. And just to bring it back to the investing lesson, these are all different ways you can invest your money, but take some risk with it because that's what all the guys are doing. And you should be involved in every single conversation that your significant other is having. But in order to set yourself up for success in the future, I don't care if it's a hundred dollars, a thousand dollars you're putting away, $10,000, Think about it as like you want some public investments. If you have enough capital, you might have a good appetite for risk and be able to do some private market investments like in an investment fund like like ours, like Molly's an investor or in you're an angel investor. That's all private investing. Much more risky because these companies are less proven. So you do kind of want an expert alongside you. And then there's other ways to diversify when you think about real estate, invest in a home, all of that is real estate. And then um, and then there's cryptocurrency. I think real estate is, you know, I, I know. It's a very stable investment I, always. You know, and it, and not only is it stable, you're also making memories at the time. Like yeah. I I do think if you, listen, you can, as a stock, you can buy it too high, but you can't, I think sometimes it's very difficult with real estate and with the stock market to time the market. Yeah. Because there's always going to be, well, it could go up or it could go down. I think you also, again, you just have to have a little bit of a risk. What's your number one investing tip? I would say just realize that where your dollars go can actually make change. So we invest in early stage female founded companies. And that's because I wanted women to control more the wealth in the future. And the way I think about that is if I give a female CEO starting her company 
a dollar to build her business and I own a piece of that business. Then she sells that business for a billion dollars and she is able to invest all of that back into the ecosystem. So we're actually helping solve that wealth gap. So I would say just, you know, figure out what kind of moves you and what you want to change in the world and invest that way. I love that. All right. We're going to take a quick break. I am so excited to tell you guys about a brand I recently discovered called Osea. Really hard to find products these days that are not only good for your skin, but the planet too, that actually give you results. Osea has been making products that do just that, honestly, for over 25 years. They're the pioneer when it comes to clean beauty. And I mean, can we talk about how chic their packaging is? Okay, I know, I digress. They have award-winning cleansers, serums, and face moisturizers. They've really been known for their amazing body products, like their famous Andaria Algae Body Oil. Honestly, I don't take care of my body enough, which I should, like I do my face. And this is the most luxurious body oil I have used in a long, long time. It feels luxurious, rich, not greasy or sticky, and really does absorb into the skin. Experience your new favorite clean skincare line with a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order with promo code LIPSTICK at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and orders over $50 get free shipping. You're going to want it all. Trust me. Go to oseamalibu.com. Use code lipstick. Get 10% off your first order with promo code lipstick at oseamalibu.com. All right. Let's talk prenups. I know a lot of women, I know, but, but that, I this, is, this is what people wanted to talk about. I know a lot of women will sign papers because it sounds good, especially those terms when you're 20s, they're dying to get married. They're in love with that person. They're like, this is going to be this way forever, which hopefully it will be. But then three, four kids happen, divorce happens, separation happens, someone getting sick, someone dying happens. What advice would you give someone entering a new marriage in regards to a prenup? I think just be really smart about it. What you've built to this moment is yours. It's yours and you can sign a prenup and, you know, put it all away. And then you need to decide what is going into that community fund, as you were mentioning before. You know, I think my husband and I have earned each other's trust more and more, you know, through the years where what's mine is his. There's also other ways of setting it up. I know the paperwork is it's always like in every movie and in every television show, the paperwork is like the big stress moment when everyone's signing the paperwork. You can also set it all up and put it in a trust. And so if you put it in a trust, you know, that you control, then they can't touch it as well. A couple of friends of mine, they've been married 20 plus years. They're now divorced. And the prenups that they signed, it's just insane. Oh, yeah. And even though they've been together for the past 20 years and you think, you think it's community. Right. But not if you sign the prenup. I mean, it's interesting because it, you should think about it in some ways how my founders think about it. We've had a few co-founder fallouts where you have, you know, two or three founders. And I always say, let's negotiate the worst possible scenario today let's in the do, beginning. Let's negotiate the divorce. Yeah, yeah. Let's negotiate the divorce now. Like, what are they going to make? What is each of you going to make if you part ways? How is that going to work? What, you know, what's the equity? What if you have the biggest, like, balls to the wall fight? How is that going to go down? And I just can't even tell you how many times it does go down with co-founders. Uh, and it's such a complicated thing to navigate. And I'm so grateful when we 
approach it like a prenup, but they're very similar. It's a business relationship. It's a business relationship. Yeah. What's something that's non-negotiable in a prenup to protect women or men? <sighs> or men. Know what you're signing. Know what you're signing. I think just knowing what you have, what you're bringing to the table, your what you've made to that moment, capital-wise, like what investments you've made, that's all yours. And also where you see the two of you together after, you yes. know, some, he might be like, okay, you'll get, when, you know, we're divorced, we'll get, you'll get 20%. Yeah. Or I've seen salaries where like someone, you know, the wife will say, you know, I'm giving my whole life and body to this marriage. I'm having three kids. I'm raising our kids. I'm going to stop working. I want to make sure that if we get divorced, I get paid $200,000 a year for, you know, the rest of our lives or whatever mm -hmm. it is. I've seen things like that. So, you know, it's it's something you really need to talk about. And, and those conversations are awful oh, and they're so hard, hard, but they're also you feel good about them as yeah. well. Like when I talk business, like even Emma and I doing the podcast, I'm like, okay, here's what it's going to be. What do you want? And she's like, okay, here's what I want. You know, again, if we break up, we have a breakup, you know, contract and, and that's okay. But we've, we've talked about it. We've talked about money. We've talked about a contract. And that's the best advice I can give someone is it's okay to ask questions. Talk about it. Go to the negotiation and try to get as much as you can possibly get. Yeah. Yeah, because you'd rather negotiate that, you know, in the beginning, assuming it's never going to happen, because when it does, it's just the most painful thing of it's all awful. time. It's awful. But uh, yeah, so I'd say just know what you have going into it and be empowered in that, like, you made this money and you made these investments and you can protect those. Mm -hmm. Be a badass mom at the same time. All right, For we wouldn't sure. be a podcast about beauty. If we didn't talk a little bit about beauty. Oh, please. Your skin is flawless. You just had a baby. She sits on like the board of like Goldman. I mean, she's like, <laughs> she like presents to board. I mean, boards, trust me. She has to walk in like a badass and she's a badass. What do you love beauty? You do love beauty. I love beauty. I feel like whenever I see Molly, I'm like, oh, like, please tell me everything. I do love beauty. What's your favorite skincare? And we invest in beauty. I know. We have a company called Tinted. Tell them about Tinted. I like Tinted. Tinted is fantastic. It's run by Deepika, who is a huge beauty influencer, and she's really focused on building her brand in the East Asian market. So she's very focused on India, and she started this incredible product that is the Hue Stick, where she uses it under her eyes to she just was frustrated when she was an Indian girl growing up. So she because she didn't have any makeup that worked with her skin. So she started this hue stick that was non-toxic that she could put under her eyes and then have flawless foundation covered skin. And so it's called tinted. It's called tinted. Yeah, I like tinted. I love and I love the story. Yes. And she's incredible. And she's building. She used to be a um she was at Birchbox and she realized that she was building out their whole influencer strategy and then just started her own company. And so she's been launching products left and right. But also there's no real beauty company focused on, you know, skin of all colors. Color. What's your favorite moisturizer? Okay, so La Mer, I love. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I'm the person who uses like Neutrogena face wash. Yeah, but this is why, so do we. We love a high-low. Yeah, and then yeah, uses we love a high -low. La Mer. Because that's I, real. Yeah, it's real. And then I love Super Goop is sort of the sunscreen I use because it's thin and we I can like it. mix it with any Have foundation. Have you tried the glow screen? 
No. Oh, you have to get the glow screen and okay. the glow body, but don't look at Ashley. It is a little glittery just on the eggs. She wasn't expecting look, it, so it's fine. Beautiful. What are you talking no, about? No, she was like, it's a, it's, a, it's a lotion that's got a little sparkle in it. But it's really good and it's a great oh, I need SPF. lotion with like a little sparkle. That yeah, would be that's good. called the glow screen. It's got a little luminescence. Well, and then you got me into Georgia Louise, who Georgia does Louise. these incredible facials and like changed my life. And I didn't know a facial could be like that. I didn't know my skin could be like that. I need to see her soon, actually. Yeah, Georgia, I'm actually seeing her next week. I actually booked in New York three months from now she had like five appointments left I'm like I need one she's so impossible my to get in with but yeah. she's so lovely she's so good she is they have a great sleeping oil like a like a ritual sleeping oil that I'm obsessed with by her your hair is beautiful what do you like what do you use I kind of mix it up biolage um when I need to like really get everything out of it right and then I use Kevin Murphy shampoo which is sort of my like high end because I realize my hair when I used to travel every day, it felt like um, now I haven't traveled <laughs> really in a year. It just kind of like helped keep the moisture because I felt like I was always on a plane. But then I have like the L'Oreal, you know, whatever it is, the green bottle when I'm just, I just know I need to grab something and go at the store. I love that. We're going to do a little rapid fire because that's okay. what we do here. Emmy, you want to start? I will start. Do you have a morning routine? I mean, right now it changes because I have a seven-week-old child. So <laughs> there is um, no routine. <laughs> there is, uh, but I do. What do I do? I wake up. I make breakfast for the kids. That's the time I spend with my kids. So from six to eight a.m., my kids. I wish they would wake up later, but they wake up at five forty-five or six. Ugh. No matter what I do, I keep them up late. I do everything. If you have tips, please send them to me. I'm in the same boat as you, <gasps> Lily. Same boat. Lily. Lily doesn't like to sleep past like. 555. Oh my God. She has a problem with the number six. I did the worst thing. That's her two-year-old. I put my, I put like a, do you know, a hook and eye lock on the outside of my three-year-old's door. (laughs) And I was like, I just need to keep him in there just for a little bit longer in the mornings. And (laughs) it turned into like, he just (laughs) like breaks down the house, basically. He's just like, let me out. Don't lock my door. And it's actually the worst way to wake up. So that didn't work at all. Well, I just get a sound machine. I I actually got a sound machine so I can't hear her when she's screaming, (laughs) mama. Oh, a sound machine for me. That's a good idea. Yeah. I got a sound machine for me. (laughs) Yeah, she got one for her. You thought it was for Lily. No, it was for her. Lily has one and now I have one. (sighs) Are you a morning person or a night person? I am definitely a morning person. I like to like get up, make the kids food, you know, take out the dog, have my coffee, feel like I had a morning and I can't wait to get the workout back into the morning routine because that's that just makes me feel like whole, but I just don't have time right now. Biggest pet peeve. Oh my God. I feel like this is cop out, but like what my husband constantly being on his phone around the kids. I like that. I feel like that's that's all I can think of right now. I like that. That's a good one. Yeah, it's a, it's a, I'm probably guilty of that myself sometimes. Tell me the first thing that comes to your mind when I say this word, money. Women need more of it. Did you ever think you would be speaking as a 40-year-old woman on a massive financial boards? Like, I'm like, do you get nervous? This is not a rapid fire. This is, I'm going to put it back in. I don't know. I think I always thought I would be doing something in technology. But I love, I mean, I love going to the boardroom doing the board meetings. I feel like I'm the person. But surely who your acting background helps, you know, oh, all of that, sure. being able to talk in front of people, being able to own it, being able to, you know, 
spit it out, regurgitate it and be like, you're going to buy this pitch, boo. Totally. We had a really tough board meeting last week with a couple of my team members. And I was like, we need to rehearse this. I'm like, I'm going to bring it back to my acting roots because we need to rehearse this. This is scary and we need to rehearse it. How'd you do? We did great. It went great. Went as easily as it could have gone. Sometimes you've got to rehearse. It's okay to rehearse. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you're like, you know, firing someone or you're, you know, whatever it may have been. What's your go-to cocktail? Oh my God. I'm like, uh, I love margaritas. So um, I do the Cosmigos tequila, LaCroix soda water, and then sometimes one, sometimes two limes, depending. And then I'll do like a little agave sometimes. If you had a superpower, what would it be? To stop time because I feel like I can never get enough done. And, you know, there was that, that show years ago. Um, oh, my God, Out of This World. Do you guys remember this? Out of This World. Mm-mm. And she would, like, put her fingers together. She'd, like, touch her fingers together. And, no. the, the, and time would stop. I always was, like, and then she'd, like, take her math test or whatever. I always wanted that. It, my whole life I've wanted that. So, I don't know. Maybe I'll find the company that does that. What advice would you give the Jesse Draper 10-year-old self? Be confident. I was so, I was such a quiet, insecure girl. And then even like going into acting, I think, you know, you focus on all the things like staying super skinny all the time. And I felt like my value was like depleted when I was an actress because I was like so focused on my looks and things like that. And I think I'd say you're smart and people will love you however you look. Yes, they will. You are a badass. Everyone follow Jesse Draper. She has an incredible fund, Halogen Ventures. I love, how did you come up with Halogen? Halogen is because halogen is literally, it literally means salt producing. And I like the idea that women and entrepreneurs are the salt of the earth. And yes, we are. You're the best. Talk about money. There's an old saying, you've got to spend money to make money. Yes. Isn't that right, Jesse Draper? It's so true. And you need to invest money to make money too. And you need to invest money to make money. You're the best. Take risks. Take risks. Take risks. I'm so glad you left Maverick at Cedars to come over and do this podcast. You literally just had a baby. So I literally you. just had a baby. I actually had the baby at St. John's. St. It John's. was an emergency C-section, which was my first of three. And let me just tell you, that was real. But he's here and we're alive. And I have three little boys, which it's I amazing. can't believe it. She has three um, little girls. I have three little girls. Emergency C, that's awful. You have three girls? Okay, well, we'll have to set them all up. And you have to, yeah. Sarah Belly, her company is incredible. It's, 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 that's, she, she runs a startup. I, I mean, know, she's you're literally, in the startup world. Yep, she is. So well, you are she's investing. smart and pretty. <laughs> See? Just, just can't, just can't save a buck to save it's her all right. life. It's all right. It's all right. You guys, that is a wrap of this week's episode of Lipstick on the Rim. Be sure to tune in next week. You guys are going to be obsessed. We have, who do we have on? always someone great. I never want, I never want these podcasts to end. Like I really do. Like I love, I love talking to our guests. You've been amazing. Like literally I love finding out answers and asking questions and I love really diving deep. And that's why Jesse, you're just a wealth of, of information. You really are. Well, thank you. I thank you so much so for much. having me. I'm going to attempt to throw, save put some money, some money to gonna, work. She's going to save some money. Oh my gosh. Then, okay. Then don't send me the shoes that you're going to send me in like five minutes. I'm going to text me like, <laughs> I think I need them. <laughs> the best part of this is that, you know, I'm going to call like after every podcast, I actually do call Molly. I'm like, she does. Girl. She calls me on the way home and then she'll say something. And she's like, Hey, did you see those shoes? I'm like, <laughs> we just had a podcast. We literally, I just talked to you for three fucking hours. This is what we <laughs> about do. Money, about about money, about money, money, clothes, <laughs> makeup, beauty. 
Oh, oh my God. That's fun though. Mm-hmm. This is the best. It's it's literally, this is why we do lipstick on the rim. It's like girl talk therapy. No, I, I love, love it. it. And I love I what do. you're doing. You're empowering so many women, both of you. And I really keep doing that because there can't be enough women empowering women. I we agree. need so many more. We need them to have a you know place to promote whatever they're doing. For so long, it was a yeah. man's world. And also be the CEO of, of your own life. Yeah. Yeah. For that sure. was really good. I just came up with that. So I, I love, love that. it. Be the CEO of your own life. <laughs> All right, you guys. We can just like sit here and talk forever. So I'm going to rewrap it for like the third time. Goodbye. I'm not. I'm. I'm All right. I'm Bye, guys. Jesse, it was so nice to finally meet you. It was so nice to meet you, too. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks for listening to Lipstick on the Rim with Molly Sims and my ride or die, Emisha Gormley. We are so excited to bring you guys along on this journey. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Lipstick on the Rim and Molly B. Sims or my website where you can dive just a little bit deeper into my favorite products, trends, and more at mollysims.com. This podcast is a production with Dear Media. Wanted to give a special thanks to my team, Ashley Gasparian, Schaefer Carrillo, Ashley Sanchez, and Michelle Harrison and everyone at Dear Media. Don't forget to listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss out on the fun. 